Hello. What's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 24th of December, 2019. <sighs> Fuck. What can I tell you? First of all, I mean, I got so much, so, so much things to tell you. I got so much things and so many stuff to be talking about. Uh, first of all, last night I did three gigs. Um, if you'll remember last week, my uh, last week the subject of my breakdown, uh, <laughs> of which I have every week, but on a different side. That's what this podcast has been lately. And I think actually for the last month or two, this podcast has been the best it's ever been. And the reason for that has been that I've just been... Every time I think I, I've, I've reached a new level of painful and pointless introspection, every week I seem to reach new, plumb new depths, you know? I love, uh, oh, fuck man, I love that uh, Louis C.K. joke at the, when he's um, speaking at the death of George Carlin at the event or whatever that they had and he said, you know, every... You, you do the jokes about whatever and then they're done, you throw them out and the next special you do the jokes about the next thing and you go deeper and deeper and deeper and eventually you get down to your balls. I love that. That's I feel like that's where I'm going. Eventually, I'll just get so deep that I'm just going to be staring at my dick and then that's when the podcast finishes. Um, no, last week, uh, my breakdown was about... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. That's what this podcast is. Um, last week, I was breaking down about the fact that I didn't... I think I was going to... I was like trying to beat Pete Jones in this fucking stupid gig competition that we've been having. Uh, I think I recorded that on the Monday and on the Tuesday, I just, I decided I had a fucking chat with some friends and I was like just destroying myself. And on the Tuesday, I was like, you know what? I just, I'm going to rest. I'm going to stay home. I need to relax. I'm not going to do, if I, if I can beat him or what you know if I can keep up then I can keep up and if I can't then I can't but I gotta stop just doing gigs for the sake of doing gigs um because the whole point is to just do comedy and get better and uh so on Tuesday I had uh, a few gigs booked and on Wednesday I had a couple but I cancelled I cancelled a bunch of gigs um because I just didn't need to do them you know and uh and I resigned myself I had a uh chat with Peter Jones told him that I love him and I told him that I might not be keeping up and I told him that if he's gonna win he's gonna win you know and uh I accepted that and then I went away and I've come back from the weekend and he's finished the year on 310 and yesterday through a bit of a fluke I managed to do three gigs and I'm now on 306 and I have booked a gig tonight that's Tuesday Two gigs on Thursday and a gig on Friday to draw level with Pete. Um, so I think I'm going to just limp over the line. And I also think that just taking those... that I did one on Tuesday and I did nothing on Wednesday. And taking those off and just doing what I needed to do for myself made me feel so much better. I just thought, why the fuck am I doing this to myself? Why am I... Why is my ego so tied up in this competition? And here's what I think it is. I think I just need people to 
see me as someone who's working hard because like somehow I think that like I, I see the way everyone respects Pete and I go everyone will respect me the same way if I just do as many gigs as Pete and of course that's not the case you know and that's not even to say that people don't respect me I mean I don't know whether they do or not but that doesn't matter it's not even about that it's just about like me you know wanting something that someone else has and so I just think oh well if I do one of the things that that person does then I'll get that and that's fucking crazy isn't it because I'm not that person and you know just doing as many gigs as Pete doesn't mean that I'm gonna have people fucking respect me like they respect Pete and what, I don't, it's all fucking very puerile and childish the level that I've taken it to and so I just I think I took a step back on Tuesday and was like you know what fucking who cares stay home, have a rest, sleep, and then go to work, and just do the things that you got to do, so that's, that was, that was where I'm at, that was where I was at on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, Wednesday finished work for the year, that felt great, uh, was driving the truck around Tuesday and Wednesday, oh man, driving the truck was so nice, I really think I, uh, I don't, I don't drive very often, Oh, oh, T, giver of life. You're always there for me, aren't you, mate? Yes. See, it even said that wasn't me saying that. That was the T. <laughs> um, I was driving the truck around. Uh, crazy that they let me. Not the truck, the van. It's a van, but it's a big van. It's the kind of van that you could abduct someone in, for sure. I was, <laughs> felt weird driving, like I'm, you know, going around to schools and dropping shit off. And it's an unmarked, like, just a black van. And it's just one dude driving this up to a school. And, uh, fuck, did I talk about this last week on the Monday? I can't remember whether I was there on Monday or Tuesday. or There was one school that I went to. I think that was Wednesday that I went there and there was no one there. I could have stolen anything from that school. I could have, like, it was, uh, I won't say the name of the school, actually. That's, <laughs> that's probably illegal, isn't it? Hey, everyone, this one school that I went to, here's the name of the school. Uh, tip from the top, no one's there, guarding all of this shit. <laughs> I won't say which school it was, but fucking, I just walked in, I drove the van up, and I was like, I'm delivering a few things for their program, and there was no one at the reception, I walked straight into the school, there's a computer there, there's like couches, I fucking, I could have taken anything, just no one I didn't see a single person the whole time I was walking around there. And I walked around a few buildings looking for someone, shouting out, Hello? Hello? Like Simba at the, in The Lion King when his dad dies. Hello? Somebody? Anybody? 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 Please, please, please. That was me looking for my dad. <laughs> I wasn't looking for my dad. I was just looking for a teacher, anyone to clap eyes on me just to be like hello yes you're supposed to be here good i acknowledge that this i wasn't even wearing the the fucking uniform for our company that this man walking around at school with no one there is just meant to be there hello yes i'm meant to be here good this is what i'm doing thank you for just witnessing me just for an alibi you know surely every time you go to a school you should have an alibi there should be at least one person who sees you 
Yeah, I don't know, man. That felt weird. And just driving the van around by myself, it was fine. It was really nice to be trusted to do that. That's the thing about a job, isn't it? You walk in, you get a job, and uh, and there's a lot of responsibility. Any job that you have, when you work, like working in cafes, bars, just responsibility is fucking crazy, isn't it? <laughs> All that I want to do whenever I get responsibility is abuse it. And uh, the amount of times that I have have been like, it's not, I could probably count on one hand the number of times in my life that I've abused someone's trust. And uh, I'm trying to think of a moment now. Oh yeah, there was a time, yeah, when I was 19, I stole uh, money from an employer. Um, And I was never caught, so. (laughs) Just... (laughs) Just straight up want to start admitting shit, don't I? Um, oh, this ties into what I was talking. Okay, so I'm driving the van around and uh, and and finish work, and then I go to Adelaide on Thursday. Fly to Adelaide for family Christmas. I'm going to catch up with the family on uh, Saturday day, and uh, I got a, I got a gig on Thursday night. Friday, uh, what was on Friday? What did I do on Friday? Not much. Oh, I was just hanging out. What did I do on Friday? Oh, I went to the um, I went to the Adelaide Comedy End of Year show. Interesting contrast between that show at the Rhino Room and uh, and the, I mean, I guess different kinds of shows, but the show at the Rhino Room was like it just. I don't want to shit on the Rhino Room because it's been there for Adelaide comedy for a long time, and I got no disrespect towards the people that run it. But uh, the show on Thursday night at HQ did seem a lot more like the young generation of comics and the new people in Adelaide who are excited about comedy kind of doing something, you know? And uh, just the comics that were at the Rhino Room, I guess, seemed a lot more like the establishment and the people that have been there for a long time, the people that have been around comedy for a long time. And uh, there didn't seem to be any fresh blood. And... uh, and I guess I would count myself in that that fresh blood. I'm like a relatively new face, I guess. I haven't gigged in Adelaide before. The gig on Thursday night at HQ was great. Big ups to Kim Lee for putting that show on. Um, I, uh, and thank you for having me headline the show. It was a great show. There were maybe 30 people there by the end. A few more people kind of trundled in throughout the show. But um, just like some young comics. Oh, also what they do at the end of that show. If you're in Adelaide and if you want to go see some stand-up comedy... Every Thursday, go down to HQ. It's 10 bucks to get in. You'll see some established acts. You had uh, Mark Ryan, the beautiful Bogan, um, MCing. You had... Uh, oh, not Fabian Clark. Fuck, I always remember his fucking name. God damn it. You had uh, a few other established acts doing 10 minutes and some newer acts doing 10 minutes. And then after me headlining, uh, there was an open mic section where five, I think it was five really new acts just doing brand new stuff so that was like here the show's ended you can stay if you want and if you do stay you're going to see some brand new acts and a a newer act uh emceeing that as well i don't know man it just felt like this is the exciting new wave of of adelaide comics and this is where people who are just starting out and are still really excited and full of possibility in the world of comedy are going to to figure it out you know so that was sick uh, thank you to uh, to the people who I knew who came to that and made that a great show. And then on Friday, I went to the Adelaide Comedy end-of-year show, end-of-decade show, 
and uh, it was good, man. Like, it was a good show, but it just didn't feel... I don't know. It felt like I've seen this show before. This is the show that they've been putting on there for the last... As long as I've been doing comedy, you know? Um, it didn't feel like there was anything different happening at the Rhino Room. Is that an insult? I don't know. I hope that doesn't sound disrespectful because I don't mean it to be because I think the Rhino Room is still has the potential to be the best spot to see comedy in Adelaide. But right now, if I had to choose, I'm going to HQ 100%. And it's not just because Rhino Room doesn't book me. <laughs> Although, let's be honest, a part of it is, sure. But they don't book me and but they don't book anyone like me either. You know, it's not just me. It's... They don't book any act at my level from uh, from Melbourne or people who have left Adelaide. I mean, I can I can count on one hand the number of people uh, comics who I love to see that they will book. Hamo was there. Justin Hamilton was there. Fabian Clark again is a good act, but they weren't really doing stand up. They were just doing a panel thing. James McCann does comedy there. Uh, I mean, Ivana Istagheta does it. Kel Bowknaves, I don't know, you know, why are people, why are the people who are going over and doing the Sydney Comedy Store, the Perth Comedy Lounge, and doing like the base run up in the Gold Coast, and doing Crab Lab and, and everything like that down in Melbourne, why are these people not playing Adelaide? There's a question, that's all I'm trying to say, man, and uh, and those people are playing HQ, so that was sick, but anyway... Then on Saturday night, I, uh, I had Christmas with my family, and then I went after that and caught up with uh, some of my old mates. And one of my one of my oldest uh, friends came to uh, comedy on the Thursday. Um, basically, the people that I'm still in touch with in Adelaide is like, and then uh, another couple, um, and uh, and. And that's about it. That's about the extent of the people that I'm kind of really in touch with. And uh, and even like the other three, not so much as I am with um, But it was his birthday and uh, his partner was throwing a surprise for him. So the deal was... Uh, <laughs> maybe I should bleep these names, huh? All right, what time is it? 14 minutes. I want to go back and bleep these names. God damn it. I never have to fucking bleep shit. Ah, I hate that. I'm, I've got to tell this story, so I've got to bleep the names. Um, let me write that down. 14 minutes. I've just written the number 14, but I've said it. So I go uh, to their house, and uh, the deal is drugs are free, but it's BYO booze and, and everything else that you want. And it's just going to be close friends, house party, right? And... Uh, I was like, sick, I'm not drinking, so that's fine for me, but I am going to take some drugs. And it was MDMA, was the drug du jour. And um, I, as I, like, I'm excited just to take drugs, you know. I guess, I guess I didn't really have an idea of what I was signing up for, other than just I'm going to take drugs with, like, a few people that I know and a bunch of people that I probably don't know, but it's going to be fine because we're going to be on drugs. And uh, what I forgot... And I'm glad that I forgot because I'm really glad that I did. I had an amazing night on Saturday. I forgot that when I take drugs, I get quite like self-conscious and reflective and 
it makes me a bit aware of my ego and the shitty parts about my personality, you know? And so I get there and I'm talking to a few people that I hadn't seen in, in like seven or eight years, man. People that I used to hang out with back in the day, people that I used to party with before I started comedy, like all these people who knew me when I was 18, 19, 20, when I, when I had that job, when I was betraying people's trust, right? Being an asshole. And, um, a lot of these people I haven't had conversations with since then. A lot of these people, maybe I was around them a lot at that time, but I probably didn't even have conversations with them then. It was just a lot of the same, you know, we're around each other, just always handshakes every weekend. Like it didn't, a lot of people that I knew back then, I didn't really feel like I actually knew. I feel like I just kind of was around them and, you know, we had this surface level connection and what we had in common was that we went to the same place every week and took drugs and partied. And, um, I had some amazing conversations with people, definitely because of the, like, aided by drugs. Had some great conversations with people, found out about people's lives, you know, found out what people are doing, where people are working, and uh, also had a few people kind of come up to me and tell me shit that I did from back then. Not even, like, having a go at me, but just going, like, man, you were such a piece of shit, you know? And uh, I've been thinking about why, like why, why were those people, why did they feel comfortable this, like now, telling me those things then? Why not before then? And I guess because I haven't seen them, but what did they feel about me was different now? Like, do I just have like a, is it, is it really that pronounced, like a different aura? There was uh, one guy who lived in a place that we always used to go to and, and that was like kind of one of our, we used to call it base camp. It was like the landing pad for, you know, Saturdays and Sundays after we would go out and take drugs and shit. Uh, we'd all go back there and, and just party and be dickheads. And uh, one of the guys who used to live there, who was always one of the dudes kind of coming out of his room and going like, man, everyone, can we please keep it down? And we're always like, come on, bro. Why don't you just come out and party? What are you, pussy? <laughs> like, we were just a nightmare. He told me one time, me and uh, one of the other guys were on acid and had uh, like a kiddie pool in the kitchen, inside, in the house. And we decided that the water in the pool was too warm. And uh, we fucking we just tipped it all out. I can't even conceive of how we did this or what, like this. He, all right, this is what he told me. There was a kiddie pool in the kitchen. We were in the pool. It was the middle of the day. It was too hot. So we tipped all the water out and I guess we refilled it. So we tipped all the water out just in the kitchen. And I'm picturing that place and like the kitchen was at the back of the house and it kind of went into the backyard, but it was, I think it was like slate tiles on the kitchen floor. So he's telling me that we just, we just tipped all of the water out from this pool just into the inside of a house. I told, I told Blake that story today and I told him the bit about how he said I was on acid and Blake was like, I don't think the part about you being on acid is really important to that story. I think you would have done that other like just anyway. And I was like, yeah, totally, 100%. And uh, the dude who was telling me that story did kind of slip in. I think it was him slipped in like, yeah, you really didn't give a fuck about anyone else. And he was laughing when he told me, but uh, that really hit me, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, I really didn't, did I? I really fucking didn't. And uh, then there was another one. Uh, was a girl that I knew. Um, 
told me and she remembered the night it was G-Tronic. Uh, that was this DJ that we saw. It was when it was, I remember that was 2012. It was when I had just moved to Melbourne. Fuck, I'm feeling a little bit of pain in my chest right now. This is hard to admit, this stuff. Um, just a second, in a little bit of tea. Um, I'm waiting for this to be funny this week, by the way. I haven't genuinely made myself laugh yet. Maybe I won't. Uh... So this girl told me uh, this night at G-Tronic and she was looking for the photo for ages and she was really locked in. So she was like, i got to find this photo. Um, she said, I uh, jumped off of a speaker or something at the club that we were at onto her shoulders as she was wearing heels. And I like, <clears throat> just, uh, she was again telling me like funny, like, haha, how crazy is this? But a part of me was like, why did I do that? Why did I jump onto a person who's just like walking past? Like it's, I could have really fucking hurt her, you know? Um, but I didn't. And someone took a photo and there's just this photo of me on her shoulders like, ha, 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 so fun. <sighs> and then someone else, uh, the friend who, who put the whole night together, um, who who set up the surprise party for her partner. I'm trying to not use names now because so, I've realised that people in the normal world don't like to be called out for fucking taking drugs in their life when they've got jobs and shit. Um, yeah, she said to me at one point, we were in... Uh, it was just me and her and, uh, and another girl sitting on the bed in the bedroom and I just topped up on a little bit of drugs and she said, you know, uh, I really like you a lot better. You seem like you're... I, I like you a lot better as a person or something like you seem like a better person now that you're not drinking. And uh, that struck me, man, because like I never thought about uh, – the. Re I don't know why the reason is that I quit drinking. I guess it is because I didn't like who I was when I was drinking either. But like I've never been – I've not been saying that to people. I think that what I've been saying to people is just like I stopped drinking because it's easier, because I don't like being hungover in the morning. But – I don't know. I mean, the more I think about it, I guess I didn't like the person who I was when I was drinking. And the more I hear these kind of stories from back in the day, the more I am like, man, yeah, good. I'm glad that I'm not that person anymore. And if drinking was a part of that, then fuck it off. Get it fucking out. Get it gone, man. Because I I don't want to be jumping on people in fucking clubs and <laughs> pouring <laughs> swimming pools full of water in people's kitchens. I mean, maybe that was partly because I was young as well, but uh, when I was at um, when I was at uh, Christmas with my family, me and my mum went to, I think I talked about this last week as well, um, my, uh, my great auntie, my grandpa's sister, bought a bottle of port the year that I was born, like around the time when I was born and gave it to my mum and said, uh, let's, I want to drink it with him when he's grown up. And me and mum went over to her house with a few warnings. Some of the family were like, Oh, she's not doing too well. She's on death's door. You know, she, they didn't say death's door. They just said, I think, she, I don't know. She's got a tumor or something. She's, she's fucking old. All right. And, uh, they're just a bit worried about her. And, and so we we're like, let's just go and get that done. You know? And when we got there, we had the bottle of port, 28-year-old port, man. And I was humming and hawing about whether I was going to drink it or not or break my sobriety. It was 184 days sober I had. And we got there and uh, I said to her, you know, I'm breaking 184 days sobriety to do this, but I, this is like, 
I feel like that's a good reason to break it. I want to break it, you know? And uh, she said, like, she, she was like, oh, good for you, man. That's great. Um, and she said, has it been hard? And I'm like, you know, it's not been that hard, actually, once I decided to do it. And she said, yeah, the hardest part is convincing other people that you're sober. And she said that to me then, and I didn't think much of it. And then when I got to the party on Saturday night, that night, and saw all my friends, like a bunch of times people were offering me drinks, um, people were offering me, you know, beers and, and like mixes and stuff. And those were the people who knew me when I was really drinking, like when I was really bad. Because um, my comedy friends have known me when I've had comedy to distract me from being that person, you know. And uh, I think that was when it, it like made sense what she said, you know, everyone was offering me drinks and stuff. Like I think a part of them thought like, oh, he's just drinking because he doesn't have, he's just not drinking because he doesn't have the money, you know. And that was a part of the decision, but it wasn't the full decision. And I think that night, after like, oh man, by the way, the port that we had, phenomenal. We had the me, her and mum, that's the picture that I want to put this week. Was um, was me and and my my great auntie Marilyn. I can use her name. She doesn't give a fuck. She she doesn't have a job. <laughs> mm. Me, mum, and and auntie Marilyn uh, poured ourselves little port glasses there and did a cheers, Merry Christmas, you know. Um, and we were fu- she's funny, man. That lady is so funny. We were cackling. And it just, t- it really tasted good. I don't know that I've ever remember drinking port before. I'm sure I've had it and tried it, but I don't remember a, a time when I was like, ooh, I'm drinking port. You know, like sometimes like I remember the first time I drank like Woodstock or the first time I drank tequila or whatever. I don't really remember drinking port. Um, so I don't have anything to compare it against, but fuck, it was so tasty. And we had cheese. She had a little plate set up. It was so sweet with cheese and some crackers and little chocolate boys, little like balls of fucking rice bubbles and chocolate. And uh, we took a sip and then straight away she was like, refill. And I was like, yeah, fill it up, dude. Fill it right up. If I'm going, I'm go- you know, if I'm drinking just now. I made up my mind when we got there. I'm just drinking. Then as soon as we leave the house, I'm not drinking anymore that day even. It's just in the house with Aunty Marilyn. So I fill it up to the top while we're here. And uh, and then when I got to the party on Saturday, it was that was the moment, you know. That was really a night when I could have gone, you know, this is a special night with my friends and this could be a moment where I go, you know what, fuck it. I'll drink tonight. And... Uh, I guess that was me kind of deciding why I'm quitting drinking. Am I quitting drinking because it's like a financial thing? Because if it was a financial thing or or even just a, you know, a, a, a needing to time to do shit the next day, that all of those things were clear for me. I didn't have anything to do on Sunday. I had no breakfast. My friend who I was going to have breakfast with cancelled. Um, she cancelled on me and then the next day I was like, thank fuck, she cancelled. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have any responsibilities the next day. I wasn't letting anyone down. It wasn't a financial thing, but I still didn't want to drink. And people were offering me drinks and they, and I was turning them down. And it's like, if it's not any of those reasons, what's the real reason? I think the real reason that I've quit drinking is because I don't like the person that I become when I start drinking. That's it. And I start... Um, it's not even about being... It's not even about being shitty to people. I mean, it's about being selfish. 
is what it is. It's about taking. It's about going to a party. Like I reckon when I was drinking, I would have gone to a party like that and eventually just been like, ah, fuck it, and just taken a beer from the Esky. Even though I had the money to buy beers, I would have done that. I 100% I would have done that. And I don't want to be that fucking person. And you know what? No one would have cared even. No one at that party would have given a fuck. They all, at the end of the day, would have been like, yeah, man, whatever. We want Taco to have a good time, so let's give him a drink. But I don't want to be that fucking person. I don't want to be that cunt just scabbing booze, scabbing cigs. I didn't have a cigarette the whole night either. I want to be self-sufficient and I'm, I'm fucking coming a part of this realization that I'm having for the last few months about the person that I want to be is like, I've, I've been so fucking selfish and taking shit from people for so long, man, for so long, just like not fucking buying ciggies, not buying booze, like even just, man, when I got to mom's, I, uh. I got to mum's and, and like Dan's just moved out. So it's like, this is her place now. And in the first hour that I was there, twice she pulled me up on, uh, I was putting my shoes on and I put my foot on her couch to like wedge my shoe so I could like tie my shoes up. And she went, hey, take your feet off the couch. And I was like, oh, sorry. And then like 20 minutes later, she was like, hey, you've still got all your books here. Can you take your books out of my house? And, you know, and I was like a little like, oh, I mean, I've always had my books here, but all right, if you want me to take my books, I'll take some of my books. And it just, I mean, of course I should be taking my books. They're my fucking books. I keep them in my own house. But I guess for the longest time, I haven't been committed to having my own house. In my head, I'm always like, ah, mum's house is kind of like my house. But it's like, no, it's fucking not. Move out of your mum's house. You can't go fucking live in your own house. Be your own man. Put your books, buy a bookshelf and put your books there, you little bitch. <laughs> this is me yelling at myself now. Why are my books still at mum's house? Next time I go down to Adelaide, I'm taking all my books. I'll put them in a storage container in Adelaide if I want. I'm just going to get out of my mum's house. i got to, fuck, i got to be my own person. I'm such a scab. Oh, this is this is what t- taking MDMA, I think, kind of made me realize the hallucinogenic properties in MDMA. Anyone who says MDMA is just a stimulant, you are wrong. That trip was as reflective as any mushrooms of acid. I don't know who I'm arguing against here. Everyone, it's widely known that MDMA is a hallucinogenic as well. I don't know who I'm trying to argue against. Anyway, fuck. <sighs> this week, man, this week has been... I think the most intense out of all of the last few months I've been on a real, uh, it's been hard. This year, this whole fucking year has been so hard. And I think it's because I've been confronted with like a person who I've been for a while. And I just, I'm like, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be, I don't want to be living off of other people's hard work. I don't want to be, I want to pay my way, you know, all of this shit that's cliche and it's very hard to say because it's hard to admit that I am that person, but I am. And I don't want to be that person anymore, so. <sighs> I've decided that I'm going to stay in Melbourne and build a life for myself here. And I do want to go back to London, but it's not going to be in six months time it's not going to be just around the corner it's going to be like 
when I've got like enough money saved so that I can go to London and have money in the bank and live there under my own steam and not like, man, I was, mum fucking nailed it again. I was talking to mum about, um, about, you know, maybe wanting to go to London and I was like, oh, well, I'll go and I'll try and get an agent. And if I can get an agent there, then I can move back there. And she said, you know, what you're really doing there is you're again, deciding to not make a decision. You're putting your decision in the hands of this agent, whoever the fuck they are, whether they want to sign you or not. And, um, and it just blew my fucking mind, man. I was like, you, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's a hundred percent what I'm doing. Why should I be, why should my decision to go there be contingent on whether someone else thinks that they can get me 12 months worth of work? Fuck that. I should be moving there with my own money by myself so that when I go there, I can do it alone, whether an agent wants to pick me up or not. And so that's what I need to do. So moving to London is a long-term goal, but right now it's Melbourne. I got a, <coughs> I got to, um, I gotta make money in Australia. I'm still gonna to go to Edinburgh and do that, but it's it's Melbourne. That's what I decided when I was on MDMA talking to all my friends that I hadn't seen in ages. It was so fucking nice, man. I really feel like I reconnected with a bunch of people. I felt like I was seeing people for the first time. Some of them for the first time ever, and some of them seeing them new for the first time in years. You know, and ah. Uh, <sighs> Fuck, it was a, a really insanely, like, renewing experience. And I walked home, and people were offering me, like, to call me cabs, you know. And uh, and I'm like, no, nah, man, I don't need a cab. I don't need anyone to call me a cab. I'm not walking home because I don't have money. I'm walking home because I want to walk home. <sighs> what was the moment? There was one... Let me try and think of something funny to fucking wrap this up. i got a really good song. I don't know if it's really good, but it's a song that I liked this week. It is called... Where Where are you? Boy Boy by Bella Boo. It's just a bit of house shit. Um, I've been loving it this week. <sighs> God. <laughs> is everyone okay? How are you guys? Are you guys all right? I think this podcast is the perfect format for me because... It's a time when I can just talk and I don't need to listen to anyone. Like in my life, I need to be better at listening to people. And a part of that is having a place where I can just talk by myself, you know? (laughs) And then maybe doing that every week. It's like, all right, when I see people, I'm fucking ready to listen because I've gotten my own shit out for the week. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, (laughs) There was... um, uh, one of my mates there who is uh, is in like mining and uh, I think he said it was like gas engineering, some sort of engineering, right? He was uh, he was showing me what they do up at Roxby and I'm by this point like, you know, I'm fucking balls deep in an MDMA trip and my jaw's going crazy but I was just like I wanted to talk. I'm, I was in the mode of like I'm trying to talk to all these people and I feel like shit because I've never really listened to anyone in my fucking life. I've just had people around me to make me feel better about myself. So I'm like listening to this person who I haven't seen in like seven years and he's telling me but I'm like what do you do man? What do you do for work? And uh, he gets out his phone <laughs> And he's just, <laughs> he's just going through it, going like, all right, so this pipe 
does this, right? And we go in there and we fucking get that ready so that when the gas comes out of the ground, we like push other shit into the ground and it pushes the gas up through these pipes and then it goes into this area and he's like showing me with pictures and like it goes around here and then it comes out there and for like, it felt like he was going for like half an hour, man. And after, like, I don't know whether... It, what it felt like was it felt like he was just trying to overload my brain. He was going like, I know that you don't understand this, but it feels like you want to understand what I do. So I'm just going to talk to you as if you understand everything that I'm saying. <laughs> and I was trying to understand it. At every point, I was like, wait, okay, so that stuff goes in there. And he was like, yeah, like it goes in there. And then it comes out this pipe. And then we fucking set this stuff and measure this pressure and it's like a thousand million <laughs> and after what felt like legit like fucking it was probably like 10 15 minutes but it felt like so long it felt like i was just in this entire world i was like man i like thank you so much for telling me about your life but i just don't understand any of this and it's making me like really anxious <laughs> i think i need to leave <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of looked at me like, it's all right, man. It's cool. Oh. <sighs> I thought, look, I think I'm done, man. I, th- I, uh, I still feel a little bit kind of nervy. I feel very nervy. This last week, I've just felt, felt so like I'm, This whole week, I've felt like, um, you know, like I'm looking at myself going, I'm not, like, I hope I've not been an asshole to everyone around me. And, and I'm so thankful to the people that I have around me who are my fucking mates and putting up with me when I'm a dick. Whatever. I don't know, man. It's Christmas tomorrow. I just bought Blake's mum a bunch of nice stuff. Not nice, actually. It's garbage, but... <laughs> But it's like, <laughs> I think it's funny. The present that I got for her, I, this, she won't listen to this, of course. Um, I got uh, a bunch of stuff, like uh, like her and her partner, Burl. So I got like, it's like N and B. It's like their initials. I uh, got little bits of wood with that. And I got her just a bag of rocks. That's <laughs> one thing from a $2 store, a bag of pebbles. And uh, she's a nurse, so I got her, like, nurse earrings for 2 bucks, And I got her partner a chef's hat, which I don't, I don't think he's a chef, but, you know, I got him a hat. Everyone needs a hat. And uh, my favorite part is I was in this bookstore in Adelaide and I got uh, a book called How to Draw Motorbikes. And it's not like a little pamphlet. Like, it is a whole book with diagrams and it's in four languages about step-by-step how to draw motorbikes and then some colored pencils, like a, like a big pack of different colored pencils for drawing the motorbikes and then uh, a little toy monster truck for when you're done drawing motorbikes, step it up a level. Why don't you try drawing a monster truck? You know, if you think you've mastered the motorbike aspect of drawing, want to try something a little harder motorbike two wheels monster truck four wheels and it's a mini one so more detail get up close you're not drawing from your imagination <sighs> so anyway i think that's funny and i'm gonna give that to her merry christmas everyone i hope you're happy with your families or your friends wherever you're at and uh have a fantastic new year i'm gonna be going up to tasmania and i'm gonna be back for what's today 24th uh the 31st i'm gonna do the next one on the first which i think is a wednesday 2019 huh go fucking kill every i almost said go fuck yourself (laughs) i really am just trying to be bill burr aren't i
Um, this has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Can't get enough of my mind. 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 Can't get enough of my mind.